Welcome to Overheard at Crow Soberman, the podcast where we spotlight an array of perspectives, insights, and challenges that shape the business landscape. I'm your host, Ali Spinner, partner in Crow Soberman's tax group. In this series, the world of tax smart giving will navigate the intricate landscape of philanthropy, finance, and the intersection of the two. Listen in on the conversations that matter most in the world of strategic philanthropy. Join us as we unravel the secrets behind making a meaningful impact while optimizing your financial strategy. Whether you're a seasoned philanthropist, a curious newcomer, or just someone who wants to make a difference, this podcast is your backstage pass to the insights, stories, and expert advice that will empower you to give wisely and tax efficiently. Today, I'm joined by Chloe Mann, who is a senior manager in our audit and advisory practice. Welcome, Chloe. Thanks, Sally, for having me on this podcast. I honestly can't tell you how excited I am to talk about this topic with you. I think it's one of the topics that is often overlooked, but should never be overestimated. I know you're passionate about educating your clients regarding tax-efficient philanthropy. You often talk about the four W's of this topic. So to get started, can you tell us what are the four W's? Thank you so much, Chloe. I am so excited to be here as well. And I think starting with what the four W's are is a great place to start. The first W is the what. Cash, stock, life insurance, other assets. That's the first W. The next is the where. Where in your structure are you giving from? The when, of course, is the timing. Are we giving now? Are we giving later? Are we planning to give at the time of death? And the last W, which is probably the most important W, is the who you're giving to. Which organization do you choose to support? What are you passionate about? Where do you want to see your money go to good work? I like how you framed the various considerations for making tax-efficient donations. And I would like to dive into each aspect in a little more detail. So let's start with the first W, the what. So I've heard if you hold publicly traded shares or mutual funds, you can actually donate these to charity and you will be able to special tax benefit. Is that actually true? Chloe, that's a great question. Before I dive into the world of donating public company shares, I'm first going to talk about cash. Cash is super easy to donate. Many of us do it, whether we give a gift of cash, we write a check, we make a donation on our credit cards. That's probably the absolute easiest way to make a donation to an organization. But something that can be more tax efficient is when someone donates shares of public companies. And the reason that it's so tax efficient, that if you're able to donate public company shares that have a gain within them, when you make the donation of those shares, you don't actually have to pay tax on the appreciation within the shares, which is kind of amazing. So if you bought a share for a dollar and it's grown to 10 and there's a $9 embedded gain in that share, when you give that share away as a donation, you never have to pay tax on that $9 gain and you still get a donation receipt for the full value of the stock that you gave away, $10 in this case. So when people ask me what the most efficient way to make a gift is, I always make sure that I tell them that if they're not aware, making a gift of appreciated stock can be so, so efficient. 
Another item that can be just as tax efficient to the donor is if a donor has stock options of their employer, for example. A very interesting point can be is that if somebody decides to exercise stock options that they have and gifts those stock options within 30 days of exercise, the donor or the employee does not have to pay any tax on the appreciation. Another item that can give a very similar tax result to the donation of public company stock is when a person decides to exercise a stock option that they may have and donates the stock within 30 days of exercise. In certain circumstances, if a person exercises a stock option and then donates the stock within 30 days, that individual may be able to also not have to pay any tax on the appreciation within the option that they just exercised while at the same time receiving a full donation tax receipt for the full value of the stock that they gave away. It's another great option for donors who have stock options available to them. Something that's often overlooked as we move along the spectrum from what's really easy to give away to what becomes more complicated to give away are private company shares. And the donation of private company shares should not be overlooked. Many entrepreneurs and other high net worth individuals have some of their assets within corporations. And those corporations, although private, can be very attractive to use as a donation vehicle to a charity. There's a few more tips and tricks that have to be considered when donating private company shares, but certainly they should not be overlooked. Something else that gets donated from time to time is a life insurance policy. People, for example, may have a fully paid up life insurance policy that they realize that they just don't need anymore. Rather than letting the policy lapse or perhaps giving the policy away, a great solution can be to donate that life insurance policy to a charitable organization. I think it's important for people who make donations to just take a moment and pause before they simply like write a check or even give their credit card number to make a donation. Uh, because in some cases, they may have an asset like a public security or a private company share, like you mentioned, and that could be donated to charity and could actually yield a more efficient tax result. So let's move on to the second W, the where. Can you elaborate on that W for us? So whenever I'm talking about donations with a donor or with a client, we always consider their full global picture and determine where in their structure, where is the location that they should be making their donation to yield the best tax result. Often people think the best place might be just to make a personal gift from a personal account to a charity, but that might not be the most optimal situation depending on their specific results. When a person considers in which location they should make a donation from when looking at all of their assets, they may also consider making a donation from a corporation It might be an active business or a passive business or from a registered account like a RIF. One thing that's interesting is that RIF balances are taxed at highest marginal tax rates when we pass away and the balance comes in as straight income, 100% income. One thing that I find that clients perhaps overlook is that drawing down on their RIF by using that RIF to fund donations can be a very effective way of managing their overall tax rate, both during their lifetime and with their tax on death, and using that pool as a source of funds to make donations. One thing that's also interesting with RIFs is that you can actually request permission from the Canada Revenue Agency that if you know you're going to make a donation directly from your RIF to a charitable organization, 
you can ask the Canada Revenue Agency for permission to reduce the required amount of withholding tax that would traditionally be applied on the RIF withdrawal and allow you to donate the amount in the RIF directly to the charity without any withholding tax applied. There's a special form that you have to request from the Canada Revenue Agency, and they write you back a letter that you provide to your financial institution that guides the financial institution not to withhold any tax so that more money can go upfront directly to the charity. One area that we have to pay close attention to is if you're planning on making a donation from a corporation that only has public company Canadian stock. And the reason that I highlight that is the donation receipt that would then be given to the corporation from the charity when the donation is made, that donation receipt cannot be used to shelter any tax on dividends that are earned from Canadian public companies within that corporation. This could be a challenge because if the corporation has a tax receipt, but it doesn't have any taxable income that it can use to offset the tax receipt from... There's no real tax benefit then for making the donation in that corporation that only has that type of income. So we have to be very careful. Does it matter which spouse makes the donation if the donation is going to be made personally, especially in situations where, let's say, one spouse earns higher income than the other? Also a great question. And the answer is thankfully no. It doesn't matter which spouse makes the donation. When spouses claim donations on their personal tax return, they get to combine the donations regardless of whichever spouse actually funded the donation. It doesn't matter whose name is on the donation receipt. On the return, those donations can be combined. The beauty of that is that you can use those donations on a personal tax return to make sure that the resulting benefit is maximized. So my next follow-up question is, are there any limits on the total amount of donations that people or even corporations can make? So there's no limits on the amount of donations that people or corporations can make. However, there may be limitations on the amount of donation credit or donation deduction that the individual or a corporation can use in a given year. So while people may be super, super philanthropic, which is wonderful, generally on the personal and corporate side, Donations are limited to 75% of income in a certain year. So we can't quite eliminate all tax, depending on the nature and sources of our income, whether it's a corporation or an individual. We can get pretty close to it. An interesting point is that on the individual side, in the year of death, there is no limitation at all as to how much of a donation credit an individual can claim. The good news, though, is that if you find that you donate too much, although I don't like to think about it that way because I'm sure the charities can use the funds very, very well. But if you donate so much such that you cannot claim the full benefit of the full tax benefit in a certain year, the good news is that donation amounts that are unused can be carried forward for a period of time. So let's move on to the next W, the when. So why is the when so important from a donation perspective? The when is so important when thinking about making tax-efficient donations. The reason being is that we want to ensure that we match the tax benefits that arise from the donations with the taxable income or the tax that will arise from the taxable income in a given year. So imagine a situation where someone sells a business in year one, for example, and in year one, they have very, very high income. Imagine that that person doesn't tell their accountant or their wealth manager that they intend to make a large donation in the future. 
and off they go and decide in year three to tell someone that they want to make a large donation. What happens is that the large taxable income event happened in year one, but the donation receipt, which drives the tax benefit, occurs in year three. We cannot carry donation receipts or donation benefits back, although we can carry them forward. We always have to make sure that we match the timing of when the donation receipt is issued to the timing of when the tax event hits. What I often talk about with clients is to consider that if they're having a specific year, if they're realizing a large amount of income, or if they had a liquidity event or a sale of a business, that might be a really great year to consider making a very large philanthropic gift if they are philanthropically minded. The benefit, of course, would be so that they can use up the entire tax benefit of making that gift in the year that the large taxable event occurred. Often what will happen is that we'll have a client, let's say, sells a business. Maybe they have a once-in-a-lifetime liquidity event, and they'll have very, very high taxable income for one specific year. What we'll talk about with that client is that if they are philanthropically inclined, they may want to consider opening up a private family foundation or a donor-advised fund. Both of these vehicles are vehicles that allow the donor to realize the benefits from the tax receipt of the donation in the year that the gift was made, but allow some flexibility to the donor to decide in the future which charities their donated funds are going to benefit. While it's true that they are giving away the money in the specific year, which would be the same year that the liquidity event happened, they are not yet deciding which charities are going to benefit from that money. The reason that we need that money to go into the charitable vehicle now is, again, we want to make sure that we can use up the full tax benefits of the donation receipt against the liquidity event or the other taxable income in the year. But by using a charitable vehicle, they're afforded that flexibility of determining in the future where their funds go. So if some clients, for example, know that they have outstanding pledges, perhaps they're giving $100,000 per year to a hospital, but they want to give that money out over time, putting that money up front or matching the timing of when they give that money away up front into a charitable vehicle allows the donor to get the tax receipt up front, but at the same time still give away the money to the charitable organization, the hospital, in accordance with their original plan of giving away $100,000 per year. So Ali, as an advisor with such wealth of knowledge and experience, do you provide any advice on the last W, i.e. the WHO? So as I mentioned at the beginning, this I think is the most important W, the WHO, the where the money is going. This is a decision that I really leave up to my clients though. I don't see myself in the role as to telling clients where they should be sending their money. I think it's important for clients and their families to work together to determine what organizations are important to them. Most of them do their own research to determine which organizations align with their family values and make the decision of where they want to see their money going. So although the who is likely the most important W in my four W's of tax-efficient philanthropy, it's the W that I have the least amount of input on. Ali, thank you so much for taking us through your comments and advice on making tax-efficient donations. I'm sure our listeners will find this very helpful. As much as we like to talk about the tax benefits of donating to charity, I think we should never lose sight of the reason why we are donating. It's really because we want to give back and truly make a difference. Money isn't the only way to give. 
charities need volunteers, whether it's helping out a food bank or being on the board of directors of a charitable organization. There's a lot of other ways to pay it forward. And I think it's important to remember that we can also use our skills and really make a difference. As individuals, we have many things to give. I've heard it referred to as time, treasure, or talent. Tax-efficient gifting certainly falls into the treasure bucket, but you're absolutely right. We can and should be lending our time and talent to the various organizations that need our support. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Overheard at Crow Soberman, where giving meets financial intelligence. If you found today's discussion intriguing, don't forget to subscribe for more episodes or visit our website at www.crowsoberman.com. Dot com.